Gradcast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I'm your host, Carly Sharon. I'm your host, Anna Manjo. And today we're here with one of our own, Anthony Cruz. We're so excited to have you on the other side of the mic today, Anthony. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> uh, so I guess to get started, can you just give us a little rundown of what you do? Yeah, so I'm a second year PhD student in the psych program at Western uh, in the cognitive developmental and brain sciences stream. Uh, it's like a research-oriented program, and I study categorization, which is kind of how we segment the world and put everything into little nice bite-sized packages. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are constantly kind of bombarded by information from all our senses, vision, audition, all that. Uh, and it would be overwhelming if we couldn't break that down into bite-sized chunks. So our brains do us this lovely favor of doing that for us, breaking it down to little pieces. Wow, that's so interesting. Um, what made you go into this type of research? Uh, I think I just kind of found myself there somehow. Okay. I, you know, you end up talking to some professors, getting invested in some type of research project, uh, and then you kind of just stick with what you know. Fair. <laughs> fair. Um, what did you do? Did you, you did a master's before this, right? Yeah, I did my master's right here at Western as well. Oh, okay. Similar kind of field or no? Uh, yeah, no, the exact same supervisor, okay. same research topic and everything. Oh, okay. Kind of a direct continuation. Oh, okay, perfect. Okay. And what did you do your undergrad in? I did my undergrad at Ohio University mm-hmm. in mathematics and oh, psychology. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, math. Yeah, that's true. That's different. No, it's so nice because I'm like reading models and all these things yeah. that are really technically like mathematically written. So oh. that's been the big use is like this literacy. Okay. So, so are you reading models right now in your PhD? Yeah, like mathematical models right. that describe behavior. Okay. So could you actually expand on that and like what that is related, like how that relates to categorization? I would love to talk about (laughs) that. Uh, So there are lots of different models of how we put things into these little groups. Uh, One type of model uh, might say that when we see something new, like say a new dog, Uh, We might compare it to all these different memories that we have of dogs or cats and other animals that we've seen before and decide based on similarity uh, how, you know, how we want to group that new animal and decide that it's a dog or not. Uh, There are some models that say we draw boundaries for these things as well. So rather than memorizing specific instances, we just know uh, what the difference is between this and everything else. Wow. Uh, and so the models would kind of describe mathematically how we do those computations, how we draw those lines and make those comparisons. Okay. And do you, do you use a model for your research? Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> I, I do, but I kind of, uh, I assume the model, I don't test it or anything. Yeah. All right. Okay. Fair. <laughs> so what does your kind of like day to day look like then? my day-to-day uh lately it's been just lots of reading mm-hmm. lots of writing uh which i you know you know going into grad school there's a lot of writing yes. but you you don't realize until you're in it how much Fair. there really is uh but when we're doing data collection i i do a lot of online data collection okay. so uh lots of just coding experiments throwing them online and kind of setting up that interface and then uh once in a while i'll download the data and check that out okay so are you done your data collection now I it's ongoing. Okay. Uh, I haven't actually even started my dissertation project. Okay, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I have data collection ongoing for one study, and hopefully this kind of guides me into my dissertation work. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What that study entails? Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, when you are learning, like say, like in a classroom, uh, between say different classes, you might reflect on what worked and what didn't work. 
uh, how you might try to learn in the future to do better. Uh, and that type of reflection can have a big impact on how you learn in the future. You might do a little bit better or a little bit worse, depending on how your evaluation went. Uh, so I'm just directly testing if that can uh, have a role in this category learning. So uh, we don't know how to put things into groups when we start this study that I've designed. We're going to learn how to do it, uh, and we're going to see if I can get people to do a little bit better by reflecting on that very consciously. Okay, so this reflecting, could you expand on that? So this is a part of you like um, conducting your research, but how do you actually like quantify that, this whole reflection going on? Yeah, so I actually have, uh, there's three groups in this okay. study. So some people just kind of learn without any breaks or anything. And there's a group that I'm going to ask, well, I currently am asking, yeah. uh, on a sliding scale to just predict how well they'll do on a future test. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the whole reflection that I'm looking at. Uh, and then I have a sort of time-matched control group where they get a little break, but they're not really told to do anything. They're just given a break and say, here, take a moment to pause, right. catch your breath. Yeah. Uh, the results are promising, too. I mean, people who are doing the sliding scale task are yeah. doing a lot better uh, on our final test. Okay. I'm, sorry, I'm a bit confused. So what are you trying to, like, learn from this then? <laughs> <laughs> That's always sorry, the I'm question. I don't understand psychology. <laughs> <laughs> not you saying psych's not a science. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm in the biological sciences. Sorry to any social science oh, listeners. <laughs> Not a jab so at your funny. field. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, and upset. <laughs> Canceled. <laughs> it's, uh, it's examining basically how seemingly innocuous mm -hmm. uh, thought processes can impact how we approach learning in the future. Um, so the learning task that I'm having people do is very straightforward, basically. Uh, you almost have like a Tinder like interface on your phone. Like you have a picture and two buttons on the bottom left, bottom right. Uh, you're gonna start out by like guessing which button is correct to press in response to a given image. Right. And you're gonna be immediately told if you're correct or incorrect. And so you can kind of adjust your strategy for making those choices as you go through. Okay. Um, yeah. And so making these little arbitrary predictions of how you do in the future is uh, turning out to be beneficial for right. learning. So is this almost kind of like a training and then they do another test later, if I'm understanding correctly? That is exactly what it okay. is. Okay, perfect. Okay, You just know all of it at this point. <laughs> um, so what population are you looking at? Uh, everyone. Uh, mostly adults. Just <laughs> okay. uh, right now we're doing data collection with Western students. I was going to say the Psych 1000 mandatory research <laughs> participation. Of course, yeah, of course you yeah, know it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to branch out, but that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, uh, okay. I didn't know how this study was going to turn out, so I figure we start with this easy, free yeah. sample, yeah. and we kind of go from there. Yeah, I was curious about the age group thing, because I was like, oh my gosh, if there's like young kids doing it or older kids, but you said that it's not like a very difficult task, right? Like it's just the two buttons, so. Exactly, yeah, it's super straightforward, and like now in the age of iPad kids, you know, they, they all <laughs> they know, know how to know press how to the buttons. Button. They know yeah. everything, okay. God, is age something you're gonna look at with this though? Like when you analyze your data in the end, like is that something you take into consideration? Like how different ages perform on these tasks or? I think for right now, I'm going to compare the ages between groups and mm -hmm. just kind of verify they're roughly age-matched. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, and in the future, maybe we'll look at these age differences. Uh, but yeah, I'm still at the stage where I'm like, can I do this? Can I <laughs> develop this? And where can I kind of go from here is what I'm trying to explore. Right. So are there any um, challenges or obstacles that you have encountered in your research so far? 
Uh, major hurdles, nothing like groundbreaking, yes, like yes. nothing that's going to make me delay my my finishing uh, the program. But uh, there's little stuff with online research, like people get bored and they decide mm-hmm. not to finish. And then I've, you know, uh, in some cases you pay the participant and then you realize they did not do 90% of what <laughs> I asked them to do. Uh, or okay. sifting through the data gets messy too because some people will just press the same button the mm. whole way through and be like, I oh, finished it. Oh, just yeah. To get, yeah, just to finish. Okay, that's fair. that's fair. I always wonder about that when I see like the mass emails come out. Like we're looking yeah. for people of X category to do this experiment and they're like paying people. Yeah. How that skews your data maybe. Like if you're recruiting people and they have that's like so some true. incentive to do it, like... Yeah, it's so tough to balance, right? Yeah. Because you want to pay them well enough that people are like, yeah, I'll spend my time doing mm-hmm. that. Right. But not so well that people will all sign up and just mash through. Yeah, yeah. Because especially students, if you can like go sit in a room and hit buttons for an hour and get like 30 bucks, yeah. sure, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> but Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have people that are like genuinely interested in completing your study, you're definitely not going to get the highest quality of data. Yeah, so I bet that's true. tricky. Yeah. There's some self-selection stuff involved too, right? Like those mass emails, what mm-hmm. type of person yeah. responds to those emails. It's yeah. not like shade at anybody. I <laughs> <Yeah>. love <laughs> when people do respond to those emails, but it's like, that's not everybody. Everyone's mm-hmm. not the type of person that responds to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think what was shocking for me at Western was that these mass emails are even a thing because at my old institution, that was not a thing at all. Like we never got emails for these studies. So I just felt like a lot of first years would, would want to do this just for the money. Like, and do you ever experience some sort of like obstacle related to that? Like, yeah, like some people probably just like click one button, but you just get a lot of people just coming in just so they can finish it. And you, do you see that before it starts? Absolutely. Well, they don't get paid. Uh, The undergrads, at least, that participate in the studies I've run, they don't get paid. They get course credit. Um, So they're kind of coming in like, I'm going to fail this class (laughs) if if I don't do this, which is not actually true. They'll do fine if they actually don't do this, but it's still part of their grade. So they're coming and they're just like ticking off a box a lot of the time. Okay. Wow. So you mentioned that you aren't really into your dissertation work yet. So what are you working on then? Uh, so the study I mentioned earlier, kind of mm-hmm. wrapping up some manuscripts. I'm doing my comprehensive exam right uh, now. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not been as awful as I expected. But That's good. <laughs> okay. But yeah, it's it's taken up a lot of bandwidth right yes, now. Yes, definitely. So how long is your comprehensive exam going to take your energy for? How long? <laughs> I'm submitting it next week, final version okay. next week. Nice. Uh, so I, I know every department kind of does it differently yeah. for psych, at least for the way that I'm doing it. Uh, there is basically a term-long uh, product that you produce. A whole term. Uh, yeah, it's the oh, whole wow. term. Okay. Uh, wow. So I'm working on a registered report right now. Um, so that's like uh, I design an introduction and a methods for a study that could be run in the future. And then I just kind of submit that to a reviewer and they kind of give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Uh, and if they give me a thumbs up, that means that when I get the data, if I do everything correctly, uh, they'll publish it oh, regardless wow. okay. of the outcome. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, if I do everything correctly. <laughs> Wow, that's a whole exam. And so you've been just working on that this entire semester. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's exhausting, but it's also nice that I'll have like this product that I can actually put to use right, at the that's end. Fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. No, that's good. really nice yeah. that you get a publication yeah. out of it. Like for biology, we don't get anything. We get a, <laughs> you passed. <laughs> Continue on with your life. Like oh there's God. no like, you know, yeah. tangible thing at the end to be like, oh, look what I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm most excited for the you pass part yeah. of yes. this. But, and but, hopefully yeah. well, everything will work out. Um, so then you would just continue expanding on that or is it just going to be published and you move on to something else like your dissertation? We'll see. I, okay. I'm kind of like a we'll see where things kind of pull me okay. type of person. I would like to keep exploring it, but if it doesn't seem to work out, yeah. then it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. I'm very much I want to go where the opportunity kind yeah. of lends itself. Mm-hmm. So understandable. So then if I'm following right, this experiment that you were explaining before, that was for your comprehensive exam then? Separate. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Separate, yeah. So then what was your like experiment for your comprehensive exam? That's a great question. Uh, the study that I'm designing for my comprehensive exam looks at learning in dyslexia. Mm-hmm. Um, so the basic idea is uh, that earlier when I was describing these mathematical models for categorization, uh, the boundary models where we kind of draw a line between things. Uh, some of those boundaries we can put to words and some of them we can't put to words. So like the difference between a cat and a dog is probably very difficult to summarize in just one or two words. Yeah. Cats are better. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. Oh my gosh. Cat fam. Uh, yes. Oh my gosh. We should start uh, like a subcommittee just for this. Okay. But even then, that doesn't help another person distinguish, right? right? Okay. Uh, the big thing, if it's like verbalizable, it should communicate to a brand new person okay. exactly how to separate things. So like... Uh, an Air Canada worker can come in day one and tell the difference between a carry-on and something that has to be checked because mm-hmm. that's a clear measurable boundary. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so the trouble with dyslexia sometimes is uh, phonology, so like kind of uh, working with verbal information. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm wondering maybe if uh, if working with this verbal information is a little bit more challenging for dyslexic kids who are trying to learn these categories and uh, those who are maybe a little bit better at working with verbal information, uh, are they doing a little bit better because of that? Uh, basically examining the role of that verbal wow. information. So what made you come to this part of research? Like why why dys- dyslexia? Because you, you haven't mentioned this up until now, right? So ah, that's right. So <laughs> uh, A mix of things. Uh, one thing is that there's just some really cool studies out there kind of already uh, touching on this. Okay. So I, I'm just really inspired by that type of stuff. Uh, and another part of it is that my partner actually has uh, very uh, is very dyslexic. <laughs> so, uh, so I'll like talk to him about these studies and right. he finds it super interesting as well, because then he can sort of provide his perspective mm-hmm. on on some of the things that the papers say. And I also find that aspect really interesting. Yeah. You also automatically have a study participant. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little old for the one True, I'm designing. True, yes, you're right looking now. at kids, yeah. Oh. So do you have like do you have your experiment designed then? What would you have kids do in this experiment? Uh, so they'll do this clicky button. <laughs> clicky button again, again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they'll do four of them, which will be super fun, I bet. Okay. Uh, it's already boring for a, an adult, let alone a child, but mm-hmm. we're going to try to make it work. We're going to try to make it fun. Uh, they're going to see these images and we're going to tell them they're like the crystal balls for different wizards. Like which Aww. wizard does this belong Aww. to? That's so creative. Yeah, which spaceship does this alien get on? Uh, that mm. type of thing. Okay. Uh, and yeah, they're going to do that like four times. It's going to be Why did you fun. decide on four? That's a great question as well. <laughs> so uh, there's uh, there's two factors that I'm looking at. One is whether or not this boundary that we've drawn is verbalizable. Right. And whether or not the task is visual or uh, auditory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can do this sort of categorization behavior with multiple senses or just one. We often in the real world just do it with vision, but there's lots of sounds that we categorize as well. 
Uh, so I want to see if uh, any difficulties that arise, if they're the same in both modalities. Got it. Wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. I bet it'll be super fun to see the kids do this. Like you think that it'll be boring for them, but I bet they'll yeah, be pumped. Yeah, I think they're gonna love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I hope I'm so. I'm sure they will. <laughs> what age group are you looking at? Do you know? Uh, probably around grade two to grade five. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So again, how did you decide that? Tell me. Like, Picking can, all yeah. the little holes no, in your study I'm just design. Like, where is this coming How from? How many replicates? <laughs> what is the age group? Uh, Why did you pick that? <laughs> this is great. I'm going to go back to edit. Like, I know the answer already. <laughs> Uh, uh, so this is an age group where they kind of should know how to read at least like, you know, they're not going to be super great readers, but they yes. should okay. know how to read yeah. uh, and they should be able to do this type of learning task. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a balance that I'm trying to strike. Like they should not be experts right. at reading. Yes. They shouldn't be great, but they should also kind of know how to do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair. Fair. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So um, how might your like research contribute for this? This is different research than you were talking about before. So how does both how do both of these contribute to like just the broader field of psychology, I guess, if you want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, it's all the same through line as category learning. Right. How do we learn how to put things into groups? Yeah. Um, so that's the whole through line of my uh, my research. And it's a fundamental process in psychology. Uh, mm-hmm. It's something like we're always doing consciously and unconsciously. Yeah. Uh, so we're just kind of digging deeper into how that happens and what factors could influence that. Okay. Wow. Oh, that's really interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's why I'm <laughs> studying it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess social science is interesting. (laughs) See, it's a fine line as well because I study like uh, brain and behavior type of stuff. So it's it's a little different than like, uh, say, social psychology Mm -hmm. or industrial organization. Like there's so many different sectors of psychology. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I do see how it's like on that line. But we're definitely on like the harder science side, I would say. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. So did it offend you when Carly said it's not science? <laughs> I'm used to I it. I didn't mean <laughs> when I think of science, I just think of like chemistry, physics, that's, biology. Yeah, that's three like, from high school. Yes, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah I think that uh, in the you're not in decades. the faculty of science, is what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. So don't get mad at me. Get mad at Western for how they've segregated us. <laughs> have to knock on someone's door yeah. after this no because the way jordan is nodding is wild <laughs> oh my gosh okay so let's get back to your research um so what advice would you give to young researchers probably starting their masters trying to get into psychology or just categorization what advice would you give to them uh, i would say be prepared to do lots and lots of reading and lots and lots of writing because mm. it you cannot imagine how much of the day-to-day that really is. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just figure out exactly what you want to do okay. uh, as quickly as you can. Don't be afraid to explore new things. A lot of like what you get in like intro to psych, let's say, is not representative of what modern psychology research really is. Right. Um, it's a lot of like historical perspectives and a lot of like uh, foundational studies mm-hmm. to the field. Uh, but it's a very young and very quickly developing uh, science. So. Uh, yeah, science. the stuff you get in that yeah in that <laughs> intro class is not going to be what you're doing in uh, in like a research lab. Okay. That's really funny that you say that because I took first year psych psych 1000 here, and I know so many people that did. Yeah. I hated it. Everyone that I spoke to hated it. Yeah. So that's good yeah. to know that that's not Aww. what it is, and it, it gets better. Yes. From there. Yeah, 
it's it's almost disappointing in yeah. a way because you want to kind of introduce people mm-hmm. to like what the cool fun stuff in the field is and it's mm-hmm. we're just not there yet I think yeah. Yeah. in the like coming decades I think we're going to see that shift where psychology becomes a little bit more uh, like rigorous in those early stages mm-hmm. and a little bit more like among the main sciences as you've described. Like I think it's gonna find its way in there. Uh, We're just not quite there yet. Yeah, it'll get into the cool kids club eventually. (laughs) The nerd club, yeah. yeah. Nerd club, okay. Maybe you shouldn't be a part of it then. (laughs) Um, I had a question. Um, So when it comes to like, you're doing all this research obviously, and do you ever just think about it in your daily life being like, I wonder why they categorize this. Does it come up? in your everyday life okay for real it really does uh like especially when i'm like at home with my partner if he mentioned some story at work to me like this person said this uh was x but it's actually y and i'm like Mm -hmm. that's a categorization problem (laughs) the the amount of times i say that probably would drive any other person crazy (laughs) but it's it's like it's in everything that we do there's so Mm -hmm. many opportunities to kind of pick Mm -hmm. at that yeah, well, that's okay. kind of neat. So do yeah. you think that a lot of like miscommunication, misinterpretation happens because of categorization? Yes. I mean, that's okay. one of the <laughs> functions of categorization, actually, is that uh, so when you put things into these little groups, there's functional reasons for it. Like dogs don't just look a certain way. They like act a certain way. Mm-hmm. They eat certain things. They have certain like, you know, uh, things that are associated with them. Yeah. Uh, and so if I tell you I have a dog. Uh, you know, that kind of tells you a little bit about the dog as well. You don't just know I have a dog. You know that I have a dog that probably likes to play, probably likes treats, uh, right. like this type of stuff. And so, yeah, miscommunication is a big a big part of, not miscommunication, but communication yeah, is a yeah. big feature of categorization. That's part of, probably part of why we do it. Okay. Yeah, gosh. yeah neat. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you said uh, I have a dog, I'm thinking maybe the dog's scary because, you know, that was all of my background, like stories related to dogs. So... This is all like very full circle for me. Like I'm thinking about why I think things a certain way. I was just thinking, you don't have a dog. You have cats. <laughs> I do have cats. <laughs> yeah, you got caught there. <laughs> dogs are an easy one. Like everyone yeah. loves dogs. I'm I'm a cat person, but everyone loves dogs. <laughs> no, but we're the the cat club. Let's make sure it's cats, guys. Nothing else. Oh, gosh. Okay. So you've told us a lot about your research. Maybe let's switch gears a little bit. What do you like to do for fun here at Western outside of your research? Maybe you think your research is the funnest thing, but. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. Uh, On my own time, I will sew things for my cats. Uh, I make them little bandanas and pillows. Are you kidding? (laughs) Yeah, I'm that type of person. (laughs) I love Grandma energy. No, I love that. Oh my gosh. Do you make them Halloween costumes? I don't do that. I have oh. not made like a proper it's garment, okay. but like little bandanas, little neckties. Um, I have stockings for them that I made do on they our hate Christmas them? tree. Oh, stockings for the. I was like, I thought you made stockings, stockings for the toy. <laughs> like booties. No, <laughs> they would never. Do they like the bandanas or does it like bother them? Do, you, do, do they just take them off? It doesn't bother them too oh, much. Okay. We we don't usually make them wear it because it'll get caught on stuff mm, around yeah. the apartment. But it's it's cute for like wow. photos and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so my cats had collars and they will take each other's collars off. Oh like they gosh. refuse to wear them. They'll like sneakily like bite them off each other so they oh. don't have to wear them. Oh my god. They're bonding. They're getting stronger <laughs> because of it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I wish I knew how to sew. I know how to crochet, but not sew. And I I feel like it's such a good skill to have. It's fine if yeah. there's an apocalypse. I'll make do. <laughs> Oh, so what else do you get up to in your free time? 
Uh, big into video games. Mm. Uh, I've been playing Alan Wake 2 a lot recently. I don't know if there's any gamers out there. Shout out to the gamers out <laughs> okay, there. It's not me. Yeah. Uh, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> Unless it's, it's Mario something. I probably don't know what <laughs> Honestly, it is. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, this is the wrong crew. You're talking about. Okay. But we still like cats, though. Yeah, yeah, there we go. We're going back to cats. Yes, 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 yes. For sure. I don't know. I've never been a part. I've never liked video games. Never something I was a part of. See, I love like the skill based sort of like you have to mm. do a lot of things really quickly. I love like learning how to do it. Is that why you have buttons in your research? Exactly. <laughs> you the video it. game. Yeah. You, you joke with it's like a similar <laughs> skill set it's tapping into like how you develop that automaticity for pressing certain buttons. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> just all parts of your life have the buttons. Yeah. It, it's all built up to this. Exactly. Mm. I, I picked up a video game when I was five and I was like, I'm going to study categories. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh wait, I had a question from your Sorry, this is so random. It's back to your research. Do you, are you under the same supervisor from your master's? I am. Okay. So I wanted to ask, like, why did you choose Western? Like, you've been here for your undergrad. Um, why? Yeah. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> so why? Uh, in, like, the buildup to sort of grad school application time, I was getting really into cognitive psych right. and uh, learning about all this uh, category learning research. Uh, and so my big goal when I was looking for graduate schools was like, who do I know yeah. from these papers? Right. So I applied to, uh, I applied to work with a lot of people. I applied to like eight schools. Right. Uh, and of the people who I met and who I got an offer from, yeah. uh, Paul here at Western was my favorite. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And it's also a chance to like come to Canada. <laughs> Where are you from originally in the U.S.? I grew up in Jersey. Okay. And I did my undergrad in Ohio. Okay. Wow. Honestly, oh, go ahead. No, parts of America just kind of seem like made up. Yeah. Sorry. And like uh, like New Jersey's one of them. No, New Jersey feels like a fever dream in my memory. <laughs> it's honestly, it's just a series of highways kind of all connected. It's kind of crazy. I always associate it with the Jersey Shore. Oh, no. So, the sorry. folks from that show aren't even from New Jersey. Really? Yeah, they <gasps> came in from like Long Island and stuff. They were not from New Jersey. Are you serious? I, I'm serious, this yeah. the biggest shocker ever. Wow. <laughs> okay. Nobody talks like that. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're just hiding it. I don't know about that. So. I mean, I've, I definitely spoke differently, like, when I first oh. moved to Ohio versus now. Like, the the dialectal and sort of accent shift is very, very mm -hmm. subtle, but I've, it's there, and I've mm -hmm. picked up on it. Uh, one thing that drives me crazy here is pop versus soda oh uh so new jersey is very soda. soda ohio was kind of a mix like 50 50 mm -hmm. who you're talking to here people some people just straight up do not understand when i say soda and it drives me crazy really yes i do hear pop more yeah pop is definitely more common but i think someone should know if you soda. say i want a soda what you mean i Listen, I don't know. Hearing the word <laughs> pop also kind Come of Come on, Canadians me do off. better. Really? Wow. <laughs> well, Canadians do better, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was good. That was, that was scary good. Wow. He's been in Canada too long. I agree. So do you like Canada more? More a little bit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> a little wow. bit, That's yeah. Good. That's good to yeah, know. Yeah, sniffing that maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What did you, or where did you prefer, Jersey or Ohio? I've never been to Jersey, but I've been to Ohio what are your thoughts? Uh, <laughs> they offer paused. different things. <laughs> <laughs> like I was in a college town the whole time I was in Ohio. So it's mm -hmm. very different than like New Jersey where uh, it was a similar like population, a similar type of town, but uh, not college-y. Mm -hmm. right. uh, 
Yeah, very different. Where I grew up in Jersey, fun fact, I was like a 30-minute drive from where they filmed Friday the 13th. <gasps> what? Shout out to Blairstown, New Jersey. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> See, that's the thing about America. I feel like that you can. there's so many, like, prominent locations you can always visit, and I find that so interesting. Canada doesn't really have that as much. Okay, so I guess we are pretty much out of time. So it's been great chatting with you. I hope you had fun being the interviewee yeah. and not a host. No, I had a great time. <laughs> um, so is, if anyone wants to learn more about your research, is there a website they can go to? Yes, there is. You can go to anthonycruzpsychology.github.io uh, and all my stuff is there, my contact, my CV, and a little bit more about what I do. Okay, well, thank you for joining us, Anthony. Um, this has been GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I've been your host, Anam Anjum. My co-host was Carly Sharon. Uh, we've been speaking with Anthony Cruz, and this episode was produced by Jordan Vanderbert. If you would like to be involved with the show or get in contact with us, email us at gradcast.sogs.ca. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Gradcast Radio. To listen to us, we are on Radio Western 94.9 FM. You can also find all of our episodes wherever you find your podcast. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of your day.